In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. This is a big country. And a cold one. And the holidays are a time when we tend to realize both of those things. Some of us do it by navigating hundreds of miles of domestic travel between us and our family gatherings. Others do it by making it a time to get out of the cold entirely for a brief respite before the real teeth of winter start to bite. This past holiday, no matter which one of those you chose, you were screwed. Via Rail says extreme weather conditions have led to various cancellations for the day. Another headache for Via after trains were stranded for hours on that corridor Friday night. It was terrible. It says that we were on there for 12, but I think we were on there for about 17 to 18 hours. Hundreds of Canadians are still stranded in Mexico after their Sunwing flights were cancelled last week. Weary holiday travellers are also airing their grievances tonight at Pearson International Airport. A long list of complaints from people who have waited hours or even days to collect their luggage. My grandkids' presents are in my suitcase. Christmas came and they had no presents. Over the holidays, Canadians were stranded in Mexico. They were bunched by the hundreds of thousands into airports, desperate for updates on flights that weren't happening or luggage that was somewhere else. They were on hold for hours with customer service reps, and then they weren't. They were desperate for hotels in the middle of the night, or else they spent the middle of their nights on a train stopped in the tracks in the middle of nowhere, hoping for maybe some food or a working washroom. This was not the finest hour for Canada's transportation network on the land or in the air. So what the heck went wrong? Could we not have seen this coming after a summer that featured endless reports of insufficient staff and resources? And when things did start to go off the rails, who took responsibility? The companies, the politicians, anyone? And what's being done now? Anything? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Stephanie Taylor is a Parliament Hill reporter for Canadian Press. She has been covering this whole mess from Ottawa. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. This is a delicate question. How did the holidays go for Canada's transportation system in general? I describe it that there was an actual winter storm that hit at a very stormy time for particularly air travel, but we also saw with train travel in this country. Can you tell me exactly kind of what happened and and how so many things ground to a halt? I realize that's a big question. I think we need to rewind back into the summer because, as I said, there was an actual winter storm that hit right in the lead up to Christmas. But the wider context is... Back in the summer, we started hearing 
complaints, particularly around air travel and airports, as this was really the first time in 2022 that Canadians were traveling again, not just domestically, but internationally. A lot of the COVID measures had been lifted. A lot of Canadians got vaccinated. And back in the summer, we started to hear these stories about labor shortages, people stuck on Mm -hmm. the tarmac, people waiting through long lines to get through security, people being confused because they saw that their flights were canceled or delayed and they weren't getting communication and they weren't sure what was going on. There was a lot of concerns voiced about the Toronto Pearson Airport. And, And that was really, and even to go back further, there was also even concerns about lineups at Service Canada offices to get passports. Right. So that in the summer was really the first taste Canada got as to what does a post-pandemic airline service look like? And what does a post-pandemic airport look like in some of the country's biggest cities? And in the summer, people went, this isn't looking too good. And at the time, the government responded as to saying, we're, we're doing what we can. Airports are doing what we can. There was some extra staffing made to passport offices and the like. And But after the summer travel season, those complaints kind of went down as people weren't simply traveling as much. But then again, you have a, a bit of a perfect storm, if you will, where holiday travel season ramps up. Again, this is the first Christmas where there are no restrictions telling people to stay home yeah. or, or not to travel necessarily. So you have a bunch of people heading to Canada's airports. At the same time, you had a big winter storm that moved through the regions. And a lot of those concerns that we saw earlier in 2022, the labor shortages, uh, the lack of staffing, the leading to lost baggages, delays, cancellation, it was just exacerbated in a way that we have not seen before. Can we quantify um, the holiday period in terms of disasters and travel in any way? Like, do we know how many stranded passengers, how many missed flights, all that kind of stuff? Or are we all kind of relying on, you know, social media, anecdotal horror stories, etc.? It's hard to quantify, but it is the hundreds to thousands because... Although Christmas and the holiday season are in the rearview mirror now, these problems as they existed in mid to last year, their problems are still there. It's not as if the labor shortages have improved at Canadian in Canada's airports and airlines. But I think one of the most emblematic images of the holiday season was one that was taken at the Toronto Pearson on Boxing Day, where one of the baggage terminals broke. And this is on top of the airport and airport staff dealing with a winter storm, which brought a whole host of cancellations through a whole host of airlines. And coming down the escalators, people just saw these this sea of bags, of Mm. lost bags and unclaimed bags. And I I think that really illustrates the context in which people were traveling over the holidays. And there are a variety of stories, but they all hinge on some of the same themes. What passengers were saying was was bad or poor communication when their flights were cancelled. Some of it has to do with if you were stranded in Mexico, say with Sunwing, People saying that they were having to pay out of pocket to get cabs from going airport to airport. If you were on a veal rail train and you were stranded overnight, upwards of almost 20 hours for some people, you were hearing stories that they didn't have working bathrooms and that there was a lack of food and water and a communication of when they were going to actually even get to their destination. There's a whole bunch of them, and and I want to get into the train stuff in particular. But first, maybe let's uh, talk about Sunwing, because that's the one that's made a ton of headlines. As you mentioned, uh, Canadians stranded uh, at their destination. What exactly happened? What has Sunwing said about it? And what's going to happen to them? Because I understand the government has gotten involved here. 
So in the days leading up to Christmas, Sunwing, which is a destination airline for listeners who might not know that or haven't flown with them, but in the days leading up to Christmas, hundreds of Canadians ended up being stranded in Mexico, specifically Cancun, because they said the airlines canceled their flights. And the airline said they canceled flights leading up to those days because Canada was being pounded by a winter storm. But passengers in Mexico described not only being stranded, but having bad to no communication. Some of them described this scenario where they were watching their flights get pushed back and pushed back and then outright canceled. Some said they couldn't get through to staff. Some said they were being shuffled from hotel to hotel room. Sometimes the hotel rooms didn't know that they were even going to be staying there. Some ended up sleeping up on the floor. Hmm. Canadians had no idea when they were able to go and get back home. Some said that they were paying out of pocket while they were stuck in Mexico. The airline, meanwhile, they said again that these cancellations were because of the winter storm and that as of January 3rd, all of those stranded passengers the recovery flights that had been sent to get them, they had been completed. But, and there's a big but here, right after Christmas in in late December, Sunwind put out a statement saying, if you are traveling in and out of Regina or Saskatoon from now until the beginning of February, your flights are canceled. Wow. And the fact that it went beyond the holidays and beyond a storm really had a lot of people scratching their heads as to what is going on here. Now, Sunwing said this was because of extenuating circumstances, and they described the cancellations in January and February to to these vacation destinations from being unable to bring in temporary foreign pilots who they rely on to supplement the seasonal travel demand. For those people who've never been to Saskatchewan in the winter, it's very cold, particularly in January and February. There are a lot of people who head for hot vacation destinations. There's a lot of people who plan weddings. There's a lot of people who plan family gatherings. So the fact that the airline decided to cancel flights beyond the holiday season has a lot of people wondering what is going on here. And this is where questions for the federal government begin to ramp up. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe and the government has said that they expect Omar El-Gabra, Canada's transportation minister, to hold Sunwing Airlines accountable for this decision and to try and find ways that passengers in that province are able to get to their destinations. We've seen that the Liberal MP, who's the chair of the Federal Transport Committee, says, listen, I want to have a meeting, ideally before Parliament resumes at the end of January, and bring representatives of Sunwing Airlines to committee and, and, and ask them to explain what exactly happened here. The NDP and the Conservatives have also voiced that they need that meeting to happen sooner rather than later, but they want to have the federal transportation minister show up and answer some questions as to not just how are you going to hold airlines accountable, but what did the federal government do while what they describe as this crisis was going on, particularly when a lot of the issues that airlines are dealing with, shortages, lack of staffing, delays when it comes to baggage being stuck on tarmacs, these issues were flagged back in the summer. While people were stranded and while sort of this was going on, because it it took um, more than a week for some of them, right? And, and you mentioned it was only on January 3rd that it was reported that they all came home. Do we know what the government was doing? Like this seems, and and I know because we've covered it on this uh, podcast before, this seems like a, a place where they need to get involved. And there is uh, a passenger bill of rights brought into place by this government. And this is where 
the questions and the fingers are starting to be pointed at the federal government because we did not see a press conference from the transport minister, Omar El-Gabra. He tweeted that, well, he said he understood that a, a Canadian snowstorm, an airline has to make sure that when they bring passengers up in the sky, it is safe to do so. But he did call these delays and cancellations on the part of Sunwing unacceptable. But this is where the government is, is facing a lot of scrutiny, particularly from the opposition parties. Pierre Polyev, at an end-of-year news conference, said that the government needs to bring in tougher and clearer rules for airlines in order to hold them accountable. And he said that the government needs to do more to clear the 30,000 complaint backlog that the Canadian Transportation Agency, the regulator for airlines, is currently experiencing because... And and there are concerns that even if a frustrated passenger were to file a complaint and under law, they are entitled to compensation. What is the wait time for that to happen? So there is a lot of questions growing for the government, not just from opposition parties, but I would say from Canadians more broadly, because at this point, air travel has almost become a kitchen table topic where if you personally don't have a story of a bit of a nightmarish travel situation, either on the part of an airline or at an airport, you know somebody who does, or you're seeing the headlines and you're worried about that vacation that's coming up or that trip that you're planning. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. I'm going to ask a question on behalf of myself, but also on behalf of a lot of Canadians. You know, we have a typical um, Sunwing going south for a week vacation planned in February. We don't live in Regina uh, or any of the affected areas, but just has the government or has Sunwing communicated, you know, what's going to happen next or what people should plan for or how they can try to make sure that they're doing what they need to do uh, to try to get to their destination? The answer to that is going to be a no. Oh, good. I have not seen communication from the federal government uh, or from the airline more broadly as to what passengers can expect, except for those in Saskatchewan who Sunwing has told, you will not be flying with us uh, up until the beginning of February because we have no flights for you. But I go back to this is why there is a frustration building among Canadians. And I, I think an interesting question is who is that frustration being directed at? Is it being directed at the big companies. We're focusing a lot on Sunwing, but there's also frustration Canadian passengers had at Air Canada, at WestJet, at Flair, at airport authorities who operated the airports, which may or may not have, have lost their baggage. So there is this growing frustration, I think, after the holiday travel season and a big open question of what are we going to do to fix this problem? What are we going to do to avoid another holiday travel situation where bags are lost for days and days on end and, and Canadians are not getting communicated with as to what is actually happening when a, a flight is getting delayed. And so I, I think 
this is why you have MPs on the Federal Transport Committee saying, listen, we need to not only get Sunwing and Via Rail and perhaps other CEOs and other representatives from the travel industry in this country testifying, but we need to hear directly from the Federal Transport Minister as to how did this happen and what steps is the government going to take to remedy this? As you mentioned off the top, you know, it's been uh, months now that air travel has been incredibly unreliable. Um, we've all heard the stories out of Pearson and other places. So, you know, whether or not this was acceptable, um, there is a level of kind of general knowledge about like you know, airlines are kind of risky right now. Let's talk about VIA and what happened over the period right around Christmas. Can you describe just what exactly happened? For those who don't live in and around Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City, these trains are, are very popular. Many people take them, particularly when they're going home for the holidays. And so what you saw is, again, a perfect storm that happened in the skies, but it happened on the ground, is that we saw hundreds of passengers stranded actually on trains as they were trying to make it home for Christmas Day between places like Ottawa and Toronto. Some said that they were stranded for upwards of 20 hours. Uh, some passengers reported not being able to access the bathrooms, not knowing when they were going to be able to get to their destination. Via Rail said that the delays around Christmas, they attributed them to the winter storm, said that there were down trees, trees that had fallen on power lines, that there were safety concerns. There was also the case that a CN train, because trains in this country share the same tracks, that because of a CN train derailment, all trips between Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto and Montreal scheduled for Christmas Day were going to be cancelled. And then on Christmas Day, Via Rail announced that those train routes were still not going to be running on Boxing Day. And so finally, things were up and running on December 27th. But this was a major travel disruption for anyone who is trying to reliably travel in and around these hubs. And this was another situation where the federal transportation minister said, in a tweet, and I'm paraphrasing, but said, essentially, listen, Canadians understand a storm. Canadians understand safety, but delays and cancellations of this magnitude are unacceptable. Okay, so my next question is, who is he talking to there? Because Sunwing is a private company. I understand, you know, there are government regulations, but that's between the two of them. Via is a crown corporation. So is he telling himself that this is unacceptable? That's an interesting question. And I think it will be very interesting to see what kind of questions Via Rail might get if the Federal Transport Committee goes ahead and has a bit of an emergency meeting. Via Rail in a statement has told me that they will respond favorably to uh, talking to MPs about what exactly happened over the holiday travel season. And so that's going to be a chance for parliamentarians to really drill down into this. But you bring up an interesting point. And train travel in this country is one that Canadians, that some Canadians for years have said is not what it should be. They look to other places like Europe, for example, where I don't want to compare apples and oranges, but some Canadians say, hey, why don't we have something like this? Why can't train travel be more of a, a reliable way to get around this country? And so this holiday travel mess that we saw both in the air and even on trains is really kind of opening up those questions again. And so depends where MPs take their line of questioning, because some say, hey, listen, is it a matter of that Via Rail may need more funding? Some may say, is it an appropriate use of government money, given how many people may or may not use those trains on a, on a daily basis? So 
these these bigger questions about train travel and air travel in this country have kind of been blown open in some ways because of what we've seen at our, our airports and travel generally. I did want to ask you, and you've touched on it a couple times, but how is all this impacting uh, the standing of our transport minister? You know, is he in danger of losing his cabinet spot? It certainly seems, uh, aside from maybe Sunwing and, and people who work there, it certainly seems that's where a lot of the anger is being directed. And I wonder if you're hearing anything on the Hill about, you know, if somebody's going to pay the price for this, I guess. MPs are not going to be back on the Hill working in their offices really until the end of January. And so right now, these travel woes are dominating the headlines. And as I said, they've become this kitchen table issue where it seems like every Canadian has a story or knows somebody who has a story. So the pressure is absolutely there. I think the question I have is where where are Canadians directing this pressure? Are they directing it at the federal government and say, listen, we have a, a passenger bill of rights. But what good is that if there's a 30,000 complaint backlog and it's going to take me months to get any sense of compensation or a Canadian saying, listen, I want to know what's going on, uh, you know, inside the offices of Sunwing or WestJet or Air Canada or these companies that are providing air services. I know in the prairies in particular, this remains a very live issue, particularly in terms of the fact that air travel is a bit of a utility. Air Canada announced that they're discontinuing flights from Saskatoon, Regina into Calgary after already saying that they were cutting flights from Yellowknife to Edmonton. There are people in in regions of this country saying, listen, I, I understand the pandemic was hard, but we need to get from point A to point B in this country. And it's a big country. And there's only so many areas that you can do that. And so I think it is going to be interesting to see if the federal government tries to take more of a proactive versus a reactive response to this and whether they come out with any kind of an announcement of what they're going to do with something like that backlog of complaints or whether they're going to say, listen, it is up to these private carriers or a crown corporation like Via Rail to explain their business operations to consumers. You kind of just got to it, but this is my last question, which is the big picture of all this. And, you know, you mentioned uh, flights being removed. We started covering this a few years ago when uh, Greyhound and other bus routes between small towns out on the prairies uh, just vanished. And I saw a map on social media a little while ago of what our train network used to look like between like small and medium-sized towns. And it's just not that anymore. The buses don't go there now. Flights are disappearing. Like at what point does this become a civic issue? I think an argument can be made that it is already a a civic issue. And to take it even bigger picture for a a moment, we see divisions and regionalism in this country. And there are times where that flares up more than others. And I would say right now is one of those times where it is flaring up. We talk about things like Western alienation. Well, to step back for a second, how many Canadians have had a chance to travel all across this country? It's expensive. It's a huge country. Uh, and if you don't have the means or you don't have the times and suddenly you live in, a, in an area where your airport or your, the one of the main airlines that you take is no longer offering service, what does that mean for you and how does it impact your life? So I think there would probably be Canadians right now who would argue and say, listen, our transportation system isn't great. I understand this is a, a big country and it's hard to get around in. 
But uh, there is, a, I think, a, a level of frustration that is already there. And I think from the holidays, we just see that frustration flare up even larger. The question now becomes, what does the private sector do about this? And what, what is the role of government to be done? And what, government, what can government do? And what is government willing to do? Personally, I would like them just to get it all figured out and back up to par by February 11th. That would work well for me personally. Well, good luck with that. Stephanie, thank you so much for this. I know it's a complex issue. I understand it a lot better now. Thank you so much. Stephanie Taylor reporting for the Canadian Press from Parliament Hill. That was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. If you have a travel nightmare story you want to share, send it to us. You know the usual ways. I'll tell them to you in a minute. But we would love to make a little compilation of what happened over the holidays. You can find us by visiting us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can write to us, hello, at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. Or you can call us and scream out your frustrations into the phone line, 416-935-5935. You can listen to this podcast absolutely anywhere that plays podcasts, and you can get it on your smart speaker by asking it to play The Big Story Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. Hi there. I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian... And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding. With me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts. Available now.